From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. We started Atlanta Born and Brand back in 2018 with the goal of bringing to light the incredible small businesses and entrepreneurs that make this city unique. Last year, we expanded our focus to give you a peek behind the curtain at some of the city's most iconic brands. We want to bring you stories from the whole spectrum of Atlanta culture. There are extraordinary organizations and companies in every corner of our city, both big and small. And this season, we can't wait to dig even deeper into the people behind them. Our mission for this show is that you know about and care about your neighbors. Because Atlanta is our city, and this is our story. Ed Fisher opened his Big Green Egg store in Atlanta in 1974, where he began selling the domed clay cooker. He had discovered them while serving overseas in World War II and was impressed with how much better the food tasted using these Kamado cookers versus a typical charcoal or gas grill. 50 years and several iterations later, Big Green Egg has become a worldwide sensation with a loyal and dedicated fan base. When you own a Big Green Egg, you become part of the Egghead community a group of passionate and well-fed people who host events each year in the Atlanta area and all around the world. The product line has grown to include seven sizes of the egg with hundreds of accessories to help you cook absolutely everything. Tune in as we sit down with current CEO Artie Arani as he shares a bit of the egg's history with us and how the company turned these grills into the global phenomenon we know today. Right, sir. So let's start at the beginning of the journey for you. I, uh, how did you meet Ed? How did you um, come to know about the company and, and ultimately um, get into the role that you're in today? Well, it's uh, been an interesting journey. I actually met Ed through a mutual business associate. Called me up one day and said, hey, I've worked with this guy at the Big Green Egg on a consulting basis. He has some questions. He'd like to talk to a business guy about such and such. I said, sure, yeah, I'll bring them over, we'll have lunch. That was probably in 2008. Uh, and we just hit it off, talked about different things. Uh, the company I was running at the time had uh, built a 25 year legacy in sports promotions, it was a pretty big company. And as Ed and I became friends, and one day he says to me, uh, can you help me run my company? And we talked about that for almost a year. And one thing led to another. Yeah, it was, it was a process. I didn't come for an interview and make a decision in two weeks. We, we kind of worked our way into it. So you mentioned 2008. That's when I bought my first big green egg. Mm -hmm. at HQ over in Tucker. Yeah. So I say that to say, I, I know that the business looked very different than what it was today. Quite a bit. As you started your conversations with Ed, did you see this pot untapped potential or, or maybe not even untapped, but did you see that you were in there? early stages of, of something special with this business? Yeah, I, I, actually I did. I came out of sports, motorsports, sponsorship, uh, that entire world. And it's, if you think about sponsorship and the whole notion, it, it's built around people's affinity for different things. You know, if you are a tennis fanatic or you follow auto racing, the companies that sponsor those things and get involved, they're trying to tap into your passion for that sport or the athlete, you know, in order to communicate something to you about their products. 
right? It's what we call lifestyle marketing. It's different than uh, what I look at as static advertising. You know, a billboard, a magazine ad doesn't speak to you. It doesn't do anything. Sports sponsorship does. It's, it's very nuanced in that respect. And what I was starting to discern about the egg, and I said this to Ed one day, I said, when you look in the warehouse, what do you see? He says, I see a whole bunch of green eggs. And I said, you know, it's interesting. What I see is a whole bunch of lifestyle opportunities for people to interact over this thing. And that's really what was in the back of my mind. Uh, certainly, if you look at how the brand was positioned, everything from our point of sale, our presence at retail, it was completely different. And I came out of a background working with, within mostly within the Fortune 100. And again, as we would develop these programs, we had a very keen sense of brand communication, brand messaging, touch points, and all of these things that, uh, let's just say the egg didn't have so much, you know? So what, what occurred to me immediately is that there was an ability here to transition us from a product to a brand. And I saw that pretty clearly. And I said to Ed, you know, I, I really think we can do something with this, positioning ourselves in certain ways and tapping into people's affinity uh, for what we're doing. And that's a short story of how it really started, or what, what occurred to me when I looked at it. You, uh, you mentioned something in another interview I, I listened to that I thought was fascinating. Uh, a little bit about just sort of that word of mouth marketing and almost like a pre-social media uh, totally. type of social media that, like yeah. you said, this product that hadn't necessarily been developed into a brand yet yeah. had this viral quality to it. Um, that's got to be, as, as somebody who's, who's thinking about brand, your first goal has to be just to amplify that, right? And not mess that up. Well, Ed mentioned yeah. that I know when you were chatting with him, the word of mouth aspect. And if I ever get invited to a business school to talk about the big green egg, I have absolutely no problem standing up and saying, this is probably the first example I can think of, of viral marketing. Yeah. You say, well, how's 1974? There weren't computers, laptops, tablets, cell phones, social media, Facebook, TikTok, or anything. Well, but social media and viral marketing happens in many ways and in our case it was the guy leaning over the fence going mm -hmm. what is that joe what are you cooking over there oh it's my big green egg i just got i come over yeah you come over what is this funny looking green thing and you're closing with it top closed yeah and all the heat's inside before you know it there were two eggs in that neighborhood before you know it there were four eight sixteen thirty two it really did spread virally for a long time that way. And I mean, that's the essence of viral marketing, right? Things that spread peer to peer. And I think the egg really in a very analog way, right? Free digital media way, got its legs like that. It's absolutely amazing, uh, but it, it happened. And you know, our job obviously today is to use the other tools that are available to us in maybe a little more sophisticated fashion, but the core elements are exactly the same. If we don't create something that uh, triggers a really positive user experience with our brand and, and, and cooking on it and sharing it and interacting with somebody, then none of the other stuff happens, right? We can set up all kinds of social media platforms, but it's really that very core 
human connection with our brand that carries through everything we do today, really. You talked about the challenge of going from product to brand. That's, that's an inflection point for so many companies, especially ones that have a great product because maybe they, uh, they get too carried away with trying to create new products that are not of the same quality as the mm -hmm. original. Talk about that challenge for Big Green Egg and how you guys ultimately decided to go from one core product and built, you know, what, what were you worried about? What were your, um, your goals and concerns as you built on the product line over, the, over time? Well, I walked in the door arguably with a different background and mindset than a typical executive at my level. I, I came out of racing, I had a world championship background. I worked with huge brands, but the common thread through it all was quality and performance, right? You go to a race to win, you run in a world championship to become a champion, you're not really thinking about how much money am I going to make. So the mentality of, and, I, and I'll say it to this day, I mean, you can ask anybody here when we meet and we talk about whatever it is we're doing, the overriding message is to do it right and do it best. Not, can you make that a little cheaper? I think we can make more money. Never put that on the table. The best quality, the best performance, the best customer satisfaction, and it's interesting when you do that, all these little things have a way of taking care of themselves. So that was my mentality when I came in. I looked at the product and there was nothing wrong with the product, but I said, hmm, you know, I don't like the way it looks because it's got all these little silver nuts and bolts and this is black. It needs to all look consistent. So we got rid of all that. And then I said, you know, when you walk up to a Mercedes and a car dealer and you open and close the door, there's a certain thunk. It sounds different than a Hugo door closing. I want to hear that with the egg. And they thought I was nuts. And they all stood around opening and closing. I, I don't want to hear the spring rattle. I don't want to hear this. I want to do that. You open up any one of these eggs and all you hear is a thunk. It, it's all very important part of that customer experience that starts when you see it, when you touch it. How does the handle feel in your hand? Is it ergonomically a nice sensation? And all of these things long before you cook a meal you start developing an impression of what this brand is all about. And our job is to carry that all the way through the user experience and then the follow-up when you come in, you've had an egg for a while, and now you wanna play around with pizza, you wanna explore what is this rotisserie thing, or I'm ready to do a 20-hour cook, what is this gizmo you have that I can monitor my egg from the golf course and manage temperature and all these things, right? It has to provide that same level of user experience. And that's, it's just that simple. <laughs> that's all you gotta do, is do it really, really well. The, uh, the word of mouth uh, aspect of this product has not only been important for uh, getting new people introduced to the product, but there's a culture, the egghead. Mm -hmm. what, what has the, uh, that culture, that, that group of people who have embraced this brand and, and really, like you said, it's a lifestyle for them. How important has that been to the, to the growth and success of the company? Well, hugely important. And, and also from a peer-to-peer -peer standpoint, like our earliest customer support and help was actually the Big Green Egg Forum and was started by the same family, uh, ironically, that suggested to Ed one day, hey, let's have an egg fest and get everybody together. It was a group of computer scientists in Atlanta that, again, pre 
you know, email and, and chatting, had on the in, intranet would go in and, and communicate through universities and all this. Mm -hmm. And that's how they said, oh, we're all cooking on, let's get together. It was like 12 of them met in a parking lot here. And um, you can't recruit people. So we, we try to be as supportive as we can to encourage that organic growth. We provide a great forum. We don't over-moderate it. Uh, but ultimately, I, I, I could make a lot of money. I could probably launch a company if I could sit here and tell you, here are the five things you do, and you're going to generate this massive and passionate base you know what? A lot of it happens organically. And as I like to joke around, our job is not to screw that up. So our job is to support it and to provide reasons for people to engage and why we host EggFest and so many of our distributors around the world. There must be 50 of them now in different countries and all these things that go on that enable you, know, you and your friend to come together at an egg event and engage on a peer to peer level without our heavy hand being involved in every way. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's two things that you haven't done as a company that I think are fascinating. That would be a temptation for a company such as Big Green Egg to do. There aren't Big Green Egg stores, you know, across. It wasn't your goal to say, okay, we're going to duplicate what we've done at HQ across the country. Mm -hmm. You haven't done that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can't buy a Big Green Egg in a big box store with all the other grills. Uh, two great points. You've, you've been very strate strategic in, in those two things. Tell me, tell me why that's the case with those sure, two things. Sure, strategic yeah. and discipline. First, as to the store, uh, when you came in here to meet with us today and do this, you went through our store. You thought it was a store. It's actually not a store. It's a laboratory. Mm -hmm. yeah, why is it a laboratory? Well, we test a lot of things, and it, it enables us to put something out here and gauge consumer response. Is there any interest in a mat to put under your egg? I don't know. We'll put a hundred of them in the store, see what happens. Or we'll ask people what they think. Or if you come in on a Saturday, they might be cooking something. And, hey, what do you think of the seasoning? We're trying out three different rubs. Whatever it is, right? Uh, there's not a store in our system that is, is equipped to have every single skew we ever made, plus all the other stuff. So it's a company store. It's associated to the building. It makes sense for all those reasons. But it's, we don't discount things. If somebody walks in and says, well, the guy up the street, my egg dealer, if I go in, he'll send me a bundle with three or four things cheaper. And we say, go there, support him. We're happy if you come here and catalog us and look around, make notes, whatever. Go support your local dealer. So that's one aspect of our store. The other, so there's never been even the thought of doing that. Secondly, we recognize, as old-fashioned as it sounds, how critical a bricks-and-mortar network is for a product that is still an educational sale. Okay? We have a huge online presence. You can buy eggs and packages online and all of this. But what's interesting about our model is that sale, which looks like a D2C or a B2C transaction direct to consumer, is actually completed through a dealer closest to you they will knock on your door and deliver your egg for free. And we've created a platform that makes all of that happen instantaneously in real time, no matter where in the country you are. But that last hundred yards of a local dealer is important. Why? It helps if somebody explains a little bit about the egg, right? 
There are consumables involved. You're going to come back for natural lump charcoal. You're going to get involved in what we call the toys. So now I got my egg. Oh, I want to do pizza. I want to do a reverse sear. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to bake on it. I want to do a Dutch oven. There's a place to go to talk about all that. And dealers love to do that. I mean, the dealer is happiest when somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm getting ready to make lasagna. Oh, let me talk to you for 45 minutes about lasagna. But that community, right, is very important to the process. And so that's why we will never move away from that model. And the whole discount chain and big boxes and everything makes no sense because the level of customer engagement is in there. And you never want to see an egg at the end of a discount aisle. You know, the summer season is over, so now it's marked down 30%. The egg has never gone on sale. Doesn't have to. Why? It's a lifetime warranty. You'll never buy another one. It's not going to break. And if it does, for the rest of your life, we're here to replace it. The laboratory, Mm -hmm. as you called it, is set up uh, for just, as you said, customer engagement. You have the the culinary center now. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is it it like to, to walk in here on a, you know, I don't know if it's a Thursday afternoon, a Saturday, and, and see people that have such connection to the product, enjoying themselves. And, and enjoying it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you get nice days. You probably notice in front of the building, there's a 20-foot Mr. Egghead out there. We And inside of the lobby here, you see the Eggzilla, the gigantic egg. And people will be in with their kids and doing selfies and taking pictures and talking. And it, it's a lot of fun. We have, like on a lot of Saturdays, we'll have everything from... Uh, there's egg cooking clubs around the region, uh, the North Georgia Eggers and this and the other. And they'll come in a couple of times a year and bring 20 or 30 people, set up eggs and cook and just have a big old street party in our parking lot. We have car clubs that'll come and use our venue. We have 20 or 30 guys with exotic cars. They belong to one of the local car clubs. They come here, they meet, they'll do something with the egg. Uh, anything we can do community-wise, it, it, it's just a lot of fun. And of course, the, commu- the culinary center is a whole other aspect because now you have a learning center. People can come in and learn in an instructional environment or a one-on-one environment or even a group cooking environment, depending on the class and the subject matter, can get used to the egg. And we do things like sales meeting events, parties, bar mitzvahs, graduations, <laughs> the, uh, people that I'm going to tell you a true story. I got a phone call from a, a friend we knew here at the egg from uh he says i'm calling you from the hospital it was on a saturday i'll never forget it and i said oh my gosh everything okay he said oh no no we're great we just had our first son i'm calling you from the hospital oh everything yeah everything's fine why are you calling me i want you to hold this date a year from now for his first birthday party true story we had the party You awesome. find me. You find me another brand where that happens. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about the future of Big Green Egg, and it'd be I could talk to you all day about product innovations and that sort of thing. Sure. But you guys, uh, you took a bold step recently uh, with the future of the company and turning Big Green Egg into a purpose-driven company. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. What What does that mean, and why the Why the decision to do that? Well. Fortunately, we're privately held, and so Ed and I don't have to answer to analysts every Monday morning. We, we stay out of all of that, right? 
And we are at a point where it would be irresponsible for us not to have a long-term vision for the future of the business. And we were talking about it as we, as we do. And it came down to the fact that neither he or I personally really need to be better off to be happy. And the egg for years has worked with different charities, particularly here in Atlanta. We work with the Center uh, for Children and Young Adults, which takes in children that have been abandoned, abused, trafficked, and, and so forth. And we've supported them. And, and that kind of struck a, a chord with us. And we said, you know, Ed, we do business in 50 countries. And maybe we can come up with a way to work our philosophy is work local, support local dealers, support dealers in the community. Maybe we can do that here. And that's what we did. So we've set up a process where a significant portion of our profits go out exactly back into the communities where our distributors do business and our dealers do business for that cause. And we're not the first guys that thought of this, you know, Newman's own salad dressings and all his products, same idea. You know, Patagonia has a similar approach. Hershey chocolate, a large part of the stock is owned by the foundation, even though it's a public company. And, and Milton and his wife uh, started orphanages in Hershey, Pennsylvania, because they, they never had children. So these legacies go on and on and on. And Ed and I have a simple philosophy. If we help one kid, it's worth the effort. Well, there's a phrase, do it. there's no uh, bad time to do the right thing, or mm. doing the right thing is mm. always the right thing. Yeah. So we applaud you for that, but also uh, we thank you for having us today. The conversation's yeah. been Come back when you're not working, take a course in the Culinary Center, and uh, let us cook you something. Absolutely. The funny story I do have is vastly underestimating how many people would show up. So we were doing a cookout and said to a few people in the neighborhood, hey, we're going to fire up the egg. And, you know, I thought, okay, you put in so many, you know, a couple of briskets and a few chickens. And that went in like 10 minutes. <laughs> and it was, now what do we do? There's 25 people here when I was expecting eight. So that's the only problem we've had is the egg is a, sometimes a little too popular for its own good. Right. So if you're going to be the person throwing an egg party in your neighborhood, just be prepared for when the word gets out that right. you're cooking on an egg. Better have some extra wings inside just in case. Like moth to a flame. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. I think that's yeah. it for us. Well, cool. Well, yes, thank sir. you for coming. We Absolutely. really we appreciate it and appreciate the interest in our little company. And for sure. we, we hope your audience finds at least part of this interesting. Head to their website, biggreenegg.com, to find a local retailer and join the Egghead community. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. Make sure and follow the show on social media at ATL Born Brand on Instagram and like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. This year, we have another new video series to coincide with the Our City, Our Story theme, which can be found on all our social media platforms. Subscribe to the Atlanta Born and Brand YouTube channel for that content and more. Lastly, if you love the show, please spread the word. Share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your support helps make sure that more and more people hear the stories of all those folks doing great things all over the city. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, 
I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.